Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten. I'm, it is Friday, January 15th, 2021. And again, I told you yesterday this was going to happen. Urban Meyer officially has been named as the head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is the NFL, and yes, I understand this is a Big Ten podcast, and you're probably thinking to yourself, why is he leading off the podcast with this information? Well, the information is because it is very pertinent to the Ohio State Buckeyes, and the reason being is, is just two years ago, Urban Meyer retired from being the head coach in Columbus, and why it's important is because there are rumors that he is going to try and take some of those staff members on Ryan Day's team that were held over from that exchange into the NFL. There are lots of rumors. I mean, let's look at the, the roster itself. You're looking at Kerry Combs. He just came back to Ohio State from the NFL, the Tennessee Titans, and who is his coach there? It was Mike Vrabel, who happens to be, oh, interesting, another former Buckeye. So uh, that's something that you need to watch out for. Greg Matheson, uh, there's a potential that he could leave. So that's both defensive coordinators going over there. Uh, you're also looking at Kevin Wilson, potential for that. There is one there is one coach that has already come out, and this is probably one of the most important coaches on a team that you just don't think about ever, and that's their strength and conditioning coach, Mickey Mariotti, who is the guy that pretty much runs the team. So your strength and conditioning coach is more important than you actually think they are. A strength and conditioning coach runs the football team once this season is over because due to collegiate rules, coaches are not allowed to do anything after a certain period of time. And that period of time is coming up. They are no longer the coach. They hand the reins over to the strength and conditioning coach. And that's what Mariotti is. So that's a big boon for Ohio State. Um, they also, their director of player personnel, uh, Pantone, Mark Pantone. There is rumors that he could be heading off to the NFL and joining Urban Meyer in some sort of capacity there. So this is very interesting for Ohio State because Ryan Day is going to have to have conversations with his coaches. He's going to have to recruit them. He's going to have to say, hey, look, we don't know how Urban Meyer's going to translate over the NFL. You don't even know how long Urban Meyer's going to be in the NFL. Let's be real here. Urban Meyer, in his last two stops at Florida and then Ohio State, has retired due to health issues. He works himself too hard. He is literally one of the hardest working coaches in the business. And he works himself to exhaustion. And, you know, that's, uh, that's something that you saw on Twitter yesterday and something that has popped into my mind almost immediately. It's how long will Urban Meyer actually be in Jacksonville? Will it be five years? Will it be 10 years? Will it be three years. The system, his brain, uh, as we all saw in his last season with Ohio State, really, really 
hampered him in multiple games. Uh, physically, he was worn down, uh, going down to one knee. I believe it was the Michigan State game. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how long he's in for. You know, is it a quick run? You know, is it three, four, five years? Or is it a longer run? Is it 10 years? Because remember, like I said the other day, it's a little, it's still a high pressure job. There's still a lot going on. However, it's not, there's no recruiting. They're, they're not going into, you know, multiple kids' homes and, and trying to do that. There's differences in the NFL than there is in college, obviously. I think in the NFL, you're dealing a little bit more with egos. You're dealing a little bit more with a player as opposed to a player's mom and a player's dad and a player's head coach, high school head coach, and their off-season seven-on-seven team coach and their uncle, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, this is interesting because, uh, you know, the Buckeyes are going to uh, have some potential turnover and we'll keep watching what's going on so far like I said Mickey Mariotti has come out and said that he is not going anywhere but there are other Ohio State staffers that could potentially follow Urban Meyer off to the NFL and nice sunny warm Jacksonville so uh, you know he he returns back to Florida which I think is a comfort zone for him and we'll see how that impacts Ohio State going forward because it could definitely impact the coaching staff 100%. So we'll keep an eye out for that. On the commitment news, uh, Minnesota, they've, uh, they're establishing themselves, and uh, they realize that P.J. Fleck has realized that he's going to need some offensive line help. So not only did they get a commitment from offensive tackle Sia Makakatipolo, uh, that young man, 6'5", 280 pounds, uh, he is a West Coast guy. Offers from USC, Arizona, Arizona State. Uh, a, a pretty solid get here for Minnesota, adding to their 21 class. Um, that's the odd part of this whole situation is that, you know, what, when you look at the way recruiting has changed with the early signing period, most recruits, and especially most high-level recruits, they don't really wait. They're signing early. They're getting their spots. And that is mostly because a lot of them want to enroll early. Well, Mepa Katitolo, he waited, and now he's made his decision. Uh, they've got about, uh, let me think here, about three weeks, two and a half weeks until the second signing period. So, uh, you know, Minnesota getting that commitment, uh, they are still going to have to fight off schools. Uh, the finish line is coming but they're still going to have to fight off schools. They also added a transfer as well in Utah State offensive linebacker Carter Shaw. So, hey, B.J. Fleck, he's, he's making a move on some offensive linemen, realizing that there's a, a hole in his team, and he needs to fill it. Now, there was some interesting comments about the transfer portal by Wake Forest head coach. Uh, he called it the transfer toilet. And he had some very interesting ideas behind that. So uh, I, I understand that players want to play and players want an opportunity. And sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side. 
And he made some valid points because those teams, every team, the, the scholarship limit does not change. It's 85 across the board, 85, 85. Everyone's got 85. You're allowed to sign 25 in a recruiting class. But these transfers count towards that recruiting class. So that's a solid point that he made. And a lot of these players get tricked into thinking that, like I said, the grass is greener on the other side. Well, it's not always. And so a lot of these players get stuck. They end up going to schools they don't want to go to. Lower level schools. You know, some of them transfer from Power 5 down to FBS. Or FCS, I'm sorry. Or, you know, high-level 1AA's. There's there's definitely some, some of that going on. So I wouldn't necessarily say that it's the transfer toilet. Uh, I think that there's plenty of players that go in there with the idea that they're, they're going to be able to find a school that is going to suit their needs a little bit better. I'm... I like the idea of giving, you know, the the one-year free transfer rule. You know, they're 18 years old. I mean, think about it. When you were 18 years old, did you really know what you wanted to do and, you know, where you're comfortable with? You know, making a, a collegiate decision at that age is, is difficult. You know, there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of people pulling you left and right in one way or the other. But I will say this. Having a transfer portal and having the ability to move on and, and find a school that might suit what you're looking for better, I think it's still a good thing. I do think that a lot of student athletes have made a, a silly choice by going in. Um, although I think that also the onus is on the coaches as well. Some coaches have a policy that says that if you have entered the transfer portal, you are no longer part of the team. I don't think that's right. I don't think that that really serves or is giving the student-athlete a, a proper send-off, if there is a send-off, because we've seen guys enter the portal and come back. Not every coach does that, but there are some coaches that currently have that rule, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I think that coaches need to give their players a little bit more leeway. Look, they're young guys. You know, they make bad decisions sometimes. And I think that you have to give them that leeway to make that bad decision if they opt to do it and realize that they've made a bad decision and they're able to come back to school. So I'm I'm not a fan of coaches that say once you've entered the portal, you're gone. I'd like to see more coaches say, hey, you know what? Explore your opportunities. If something else makes sense for you, I'll wholeheartedly say, hey, good luck. We appreciate your time here. If not, hey, we'll welcome you back with open arms. I think that is the, the proper way to go about it, but obviously that's not how each coach does it. Penn State got some bad news yesterday as they continue to be decimated by the NFL draft. Safety Lamont Wade is off to the NFL. They have seen a whole lot of their big-time players make a move. Uh, you got Micah Parsons, Pat Freermuth, now Lamont Wade. I mean, there's just the Penn State team has been just decimated, absolutely decimated. Jason Owe off to the NFL. All these guys. Uh, we're talking big time names, big time contributors. Uh, I could see another down year for Penn State. 
I really could. I think James Franklin is a fantastic coach. I think he's a great recruiter. But you know, it looks like they might be seeing a bump in the road here in their program. Who knows? But with the talent that they're losing, that is definitely a possibility. Definitely a possibility. Well, the COVID issues at Michigan State continue, and this is no surprise. Uh, the game against Michigan State has been, uh, the, I'm sorry, Indiana has been postponed. So uh, don't expect uh, you know that one to go. I feel like, and I've continued to say this multiple times, uh, I think we're at the point where you're just kind of looking at some of these COVID issues that the teams have had to deal with. And you're just going to say, you know what? I, I don't think it's right to try to play these games. And I've said this already a couple of days ago. I don't think that the Big Ten should be rescheduling these games. I think that they should alter it, what they did, very similar to what they did with football. If a game is postponed, it's just not played. It just isn't. Although I would have liked to have a, a, a some sort of rule previously that said, you know, if the because this, the onus is on the uh, on the players, I think, and the coaching staff. So I feel like, hey, you know what? If you, and if it's your program, it's not a mutual agreement. We've seen mutual agreements with games being called off. If it's not a mutual agreement, if it's one program saying, hey, look, we can't do this due to COVID issues, I think that should be a forfeit. I don't think it should be a postponement. And I think what you're asking for are the student athletes right now is pushing games back and and giving them more games makes it more difficult. And I think it's going to be having the players a little bit more tired at the end of the year going into the NCAA tournament, the Big Ten tournament, et cetera. It doesn't make sense to me. I think at this point in time, you just need to say, hey, look, we tried to have these teams go but they're unable to due to COVID issues inside programs and just kind of move on. Because right now you've got three schools, Michigan State, Penn State, Nebraska, all hurting due to COVID, all of them. It doesn't make sense to me to start rescheduling these games. I just think, like like I said, like they did in football, if it's postponed, if it's unable to be played, just move on. Go back and rework it. We've seen Kevin Warren go back and, and adjust the rules. Obviously, he adjusted the rules for Ohio State. At first, they wanted six games to qualify for the Big Ten Championship. I think, first of all, that was a stupid rule. Second of all, they changed it. So Ohio State got in with five games, You know, and ultimately beat Northwestern and won the Big Ten Championship. In the basketball scenario, I feel as if they should just say winning percentage. I think that's the easiest way to go about it. It really is. It really is. Right? There was only one game on the slate due to Michigan State having issues with COVID-19 in their program. They would have played Iowa last night, but obviously they didn't. Uh, they won't be able to play again, it looks like, until next week. Uh, Purdue and Indiana, the Hoosier State rivalry. This one went to Purdue. This is a, a game where the Boilermakers uh, just established dominance early on, and they continued to do it and, and did it for the whole game. Travion Williams with a double-double, 22 points and 10 boards. Uh, I, 
I, I'm not 100% sure how many games Purdue has won over Indiana uh, in a row, but it's a lot. It's a lot. I, I saw like, like 1,500 days or something like that. And that's not games, obviously, but, uh, you know, that's a, that's a lot. It's not pretty. It really isn't. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis ha- had a solid game for the Hoosiers in a losing effort with 25 points. But, again, you know, when you look at what these two basketball teams are and traditionally what they have been, they've both been strong programs over the course of time, especially recently. Well, more Purdue recently than Indiana, and it shows on the court because if um, there's one school that that runs Big Ten basketball in that state, it's for sure Purdue. So hats off to them. Hats off to Matt Painter for really establishing a good program. He doesn't recruit at a high level either. He just goes out and, and gets guys that fit his system. They just keep plugging and chugging and moving along. So... A solid win there for the Boilermakers. And that will do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Once again, I appreciate the time and the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a fantastic Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if I'm coming to you on Monday. Most likely I will because you know, it's, it's a day off, but uh, I'll still be you know, doing my normal thing. So uh, most likely you'll hear me on Monday. Uh, if not, you'll hear me on Tuesday morning, but uh, I'm pretty sure you will hear me on Monday. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend, Big Ten fans. Talk to you on Monday.